Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 120 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of September 2014, but there's a little bit of a caveat here. I was supposed to do an episode that focused on the documentary that I went over to Japan to shoot, and I still want to do that, but there was a little bit of a a problem recording this week before I left for Martin's wedding. So I'm literally sitting down the morning that I have to leave for New York. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, I think instead of doing that, because I couldn't get some co-hosts into the uh, into the HQ for a recording session, let's learn a little bit more about Mr. David Eric Dotko, who is uh, my photographer on the trip. We went up to Seattle earlier this year to do Emerald City Comic Con, and we did a panel there, and I asked David to be on that panel. And so I think this is just a perfect opportunity to play the interview that we did at his house the day before Emerald City Comic Con. Now, before we get on with this interview, uh, just a couple quick notes. Keith Foster from Kadoja, they are trying to raise money through a Kickstarter campaign that will help them release all of their comics so far as a graphic novel. They've got a whole bunch of other perks. So look in the show notes for a link to their Kickstarter page. Also, uh, I don't know what music we're going to play, so make sure you check the (laughs) show notes if you want to know what tunes we're going to play. I think I will message David and ask him which songs he would like me to play for this episode, since it's all about David. So there you go. We're going to go ahead and get uh, going here because... I have to go get to the airport. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and we will be back with an episode all about the Hail to the King documentary project very soon. Here you go. Roll the tape!
Uh, so we are uh, up here in Seattle. I'm sitting here around this lovely wooden table with Jeff Dean. Hello, friends. And David Eric Dopko. 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 But that's okay. No, it's good for me to get this out of the way right now so that when we're doing the panel tomorrow, I can say Dopco. It's all good. <laughs> Dupku. No, well, no. You'd, you'd be surprised at some of the things that I hear at the Safeway counter. Thank you for shopping, Mr. The one was the best was Mr. Depoco. Depoco. That's good. Well, I have, as Yount, I've heard a lot of things too, but it's a, it's a single syllable thing. You know, when I interviewed Ed Gojicheski, I was like, did I say your last name right? And he's like, close enough. But then he never told me the right way to say it. He's just kind of like, he hears it day in it and day out. Uh, so we're here in Seattle. We're actually up here to go to Emerald City Comic Con, which was, uh, if you're listening to this, that will have been months and months ago. But uh, I wanted to sit down with David and basically kind of introduce the listeners to you and sort of get you to tell your story. You, I heard a little bit of it during the Fresh Vinyl Live one time, and it was it was a really cool story. So tell me, like, how did you get into Godzilla? Well, first of all, I have been a fan probably since about 1971, when one day my father circled something in the TV guide that he thought I'd be interested in because I was a huge fan of dinosaurs as a little kid, like uh, most of us yes. were. Yep. It's sort of the starter drug. The the uh, <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better yeah. way to put it. Um, and then you move on to Godzilla from there. But anyway, um, my father circled this movie called Monster Zero that he thought I would like. And uh, Fantastic indeed, choice. I did. And so that was my very first Godzilla film. And it not only had Godzilla, as we know, it had Rodan and King Ghidra too. So um, from then, I went my, I think I got a good report card or whatever you get in elementary school that's good, satisfactory. Smiley faces. Yeah, smiley faces. Yeah. And um, as my treat, we went to Woolworths in Pine Beach, New Jersey, and I got the Aurora Glow. Godzilla kit. Oh, very cool. And it was that pretty much started it all. It was that that was that was it for me. I was hooked. And then um, you know, months later I ended up seeing the original Godzilla. Okay. And then after that, I think the one after that was King Kong versus Godzilla and then the list goes on from there. These were all on TV. On right? TV, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is way before VCRs or any of that stuff. So right. if I wanted to... Before VCRs, after the theatrical runs. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. This was... They ran quite a bit. I was pretty lucky because growing up in South Jersey, I had um, access to the Philadelphia channels, the New York channels, and the, uh, the Maryland channels. Cool. So we had... There was always a monster movie on. From then on, I was hooked. And I, my father would circle him again and, and so that that was that and uh i sort of stopped collecting somewhere you know junior high when it stopped being kind of cool right yeah as i'm sure many of us did all of us probably and i <laughs> would um, imagine well uh, in between that i found ultraman 2 oh yeah and yeah, yeah. i used to run home from school and plant myself with my milk and cookies in front of the tv and watch ultraman and uh it, it's interesting because some of the newer Fans of Ultraman are watching it as adults, and I can't imagine how that experience is versus mine. It's I've got the love for it and the nostalgia factor. So yeah. for me, you know, it's it's really important part of my childhood, and it brings me back. So that's why I have such love for Ultraman as well. That's what I did though. Is that I'm a newer fan because I watched the first. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see. I mean, I never saw Ultraman when I was a kid, and a lot of listeners have heard this. So I'll just make it fast, but. uh 
I saw Spectreman and Space Giants. That's what I had growing up. And uh, so it wasn't until I met August Ragoni, uh, the author of uh, Edgy Tsuburaya, Master of Monsters, and he showed me um, some ep- some stuff. Uh, specifically, we watched the Dada episode at One of my place. favorites. Yeah. I think that's in my top three. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that was like when I was in my 30s. Wow. And so, and that was essentially like a one shot kind of thing. Like, oh, I should watch more of this. And then I never did. And then when I found the DVD for like $5, I was like, I really need to watch the Ultraman stuff. And so I, that's when I basically started watching Ultraman. Cool. Which so, was recent. <laughs> so you got the Aurora model kit. Yes. And then I assume when you were watching these movies, yes. did you go to the store looking for anything else? Because in of those days, I did. there wasn't a whole lot there of was stuff nothing, to choose Jeff. from. A whole yeah. lot. There was nothing. What I used to do to make up for it is, do you guys remember the Aurora snapped together prehistoric scenes? Yes. Okay, so I bought an Allosaurus. Well, I didn't buy it. My parents did. Allosaurus and a Pteranodon, the flying reptile, and I used to pretend they were Godzilla and Rodan. Nice. So that was my substitutes. Um, this I'm a little bit older than some of you guys here, so the Mattel stuff didn't come out till like the late 70s, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. I was already starting to wane a little bit. 77, but I'm not. I don't have any of those, 78, so something around there. And then Star Wars had taken over my interest at that point anyway. And I, I may make some people angry, but frankly, I don't love the design of the Godzilla, the Mattel, because it doesn't really look like Godzilla. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's always been my thing. I've always been a stickler for realism and that kind of thing. So I never actually asked for it. Yeah. So, no, I didn't, didn't get anything. Yes, I wish there was other things. And... This is interesting, Jeff, that you bring that up because watching Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, I saw Ken Yano playing in his yard with all of those awesome Popey and, and uh, Bullmark, yeah, Godzilla yeah. and King Ghidra, you know, pushing them down the sliding board. And I, I always wished that I had those. And now I do. I yeah. have the repros, but I have them nonetheless. So if the listeners haven't seen the video, we shot a video with you where we were sort of like giving viewers on YouTube a, a primer for X plus figures. That's right. And uh, what they should have taken away from that video is that you have this really compact, amazing collection of figures. So you've been a toy collector, I would assume, for uh, at least since the late 80s, maybe? No, I probably, yeah, probably, I'd say late 80s, early 90s, like 89, yeah. 90. When I first started to go to New York City, um, noticing shops like Forbidden Planet and Children of Paradise and Zaka, which came a little bit later. But anyway, I, I it was right about when um the second round of the Bandai figures started to 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 come around. The you know, nineteen eighty four, right, right. Nineteen sixty sixty four, the King Ghidra, et cetera, et cetera. And um I remember specifically my first Bandai was the smaller scale nineteen eighty four tagged Bandai. And I was actually in a shop, a video shop on Bleecker Street. Mm-hmm. I think it was called Kim's Underground Video. And buying VHS tapes of bootlegs of Destroy All Monsters and, and, and other <laughs> yeah. ones. And yes. I went into the shop and sitting on the, on the cash register, they had two 1988 King Ghidras tagged and three 1984 Bandai Godzillas tagged. And this is back when I had like 
barely enough money to get home on the, on the subway. Right, right. So, um, I asked how much the Godzilla was and they said five, five bucks. <laughs> and I said, sure, cool. So I bought it for five bucks. I had nothing to, no perspective on, on what would happen in the future. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, I couldn't, couldn't have bought it anyway, even if I, if I knew. Yeah. And then, and, and then just for grins, I asked how much is, is the, um, is the other figure, the larger, uh, 1988 golden King Ghidra with the tag. And he said, ah, this one's 25. And I said, $25? Man, who in their right mind is going to spend $25 for a plastic toy? Boy, did I eat those words time and time and time again. Yeah. Because that figure became one of my most sought after figures when I started to realize yeah. down the line that that, what it was and what I was holding and what I was oh, getting. Man. And, um, Interestingly enough, it took me years and years and years and years to get that figure. Oh, I believe it, man. It, now, that's the the Ghidra figure you have downstairs. No, that's that's like the fourth incarnation. I've got I've constantly sort of upgraded. I'd sell the one that maybe had a scuff on the on the horn or right. a paint blotch on the wing, and and uh, this one actually has the tag uh-huh. att- attached tag. So, and it's it's I'd say it's probably about a C nine. So that was like one of your holy grails. Oh, totally one of my I'm holy grails. I'm surprised you're not like buying everyone you see and just keeping them in a closet. You know what? Downstairs. It's hard not to. But you know, they still <laughs> hey, fetch. Hey, Jeff, we haven't had the full tour. We don't actually yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, have that yeah. closet filled with gators. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, you know, they're, they're still fetching a pretty high price on the market. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. want a, a mint tagged, um, 84 or 88, you're going to pay at least 200 bucks. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them have to come from overseas and the shipping is crazy too. So, but yeah, that, that one is not the original. The original one is long gone. And, um, a little funny side story in when I was still living in New York, right before we moved to California, I was having drinks with some friends at this place in the East Village called Life Cafe. It was a vegetarian cafe. Kyle, you would have loved it. Totally. It was one of the first. Sounds like it's it, up was, my alley. it was a very sort of, you know, fringe place back in the day because mm-hmm. there wasn't that many. And it was right on Tompkins Square Park and it was a bar restaurant. So anyway, we go, we go in there and they have this bar with all kinds of stuff nailed to the top of the bar, like miscellaneous random stuff. And one of the things nailed to the top of the bar was a 1988 Golden King Ghidra. It was nailed through the wing. And, uh, impaled. impaled, crucified, and, but if you will. My How mind, many years after this? Uh, oh, after the initial one? Yeah, after oh, that you saw let's that. Let's see, that was probably about seven years afterwards. Okay. And uh, who knows? It could have been one of those figures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For God's sake. That $25 figure yeah. from the video store. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was up there, and I even asked one of the surly East Village bartenders if I could buy it. And he's like, no, dude, that's the owner's. <laughs> and uh so no I never bought it. I we thought about cuz the owner it. does not care about it. We his thought figures. about yeah. jumping up there and taking it after yeah. a couple of drinks, but <laughs> we never actually did that either. So, but no, the, it 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 might still be hanging. You know, next time I go to New York, I have to go check it out. I don't even know if Life Cafe's still there cuz things change. But anyway, that's the story of 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 the King Ghidra and um you know, the rest is the rest is pretty much history and um uh, that little toy shop that I used to peek in the window all the time when I come into the city from Jersey, I actually ended up working there on weekends. 
Nice, which was kind of fun. So, and it did you actually take home any cash from that, or did no, you just use it all to buy stuff? Yeah. going to stay. It was yeah. just like basically a trade off. I'd yeah. work for two days, and then I'd take toys home, and that that would be it. But that's a pretty sweet job, though. If you can get something yep. like that in a shop that you that sells stuff that you want, I would absolutely uh, have done that if if I was uh, younger and with less responsibilities. Because yeah, yeah. the money was going to go back to them anyways. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and he would give me like little tiny deals on it, but n- nothing like to write home about. And, you know, the funny thing was this shop, there's not many shops around like this anymore. Mm-hmm. It was a tiny shop and it was really tall ceilings and he had shelves going all the way up. They had to climb a ladder to get to. And it was dusty. It was dark. Mm-hmm. And he had so much stuff. He didn't even know what he had most of the time. And, you know, he had, he would get, I don't know how he got the stuff. He had all the Ultraman Bandai stuff, uh-huh. overpriced, of course. And he would, the owner, his name was Egal. Um, he's probably very old right now if he's listening. <laughs> I doubt if he is. He's probably, yeah, he's probably he not. Probably he's probably, sure, I'm sure he doesn't know what a podcast is. He's, he's <laughs> probably not with us anymore. But no, anyway, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's he, listening somewhere. <laughs> he would, he would make me laugh because he would tell customers, that things were rare and discontinued that you can go across the street to Village Comics and get for $10 less. Uh-huh. And there's 30 of them across the street. Nice work. And, uh, yeah, once I start to get to know, once I started to get to know some of the customers, I would, as soon as he would like duck out, I'd say, Hey, you know what? Get it. Village Comics. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's back when New York City had all of those little great funky toy stores. Uh-huh. And then, and then, um, uh, they opened a really cool store called Zaka on Broom Street. I've heard of that. No, I've never been to New York ever, but I'm going. You need to remedy that. I am. Yeah, I'm probably going that. this year. And you have to hit Toy Tokyo, which okay. was ironically right around the corner from where, where I used to live in, in New York in the East Village. Yeah, it was they like had blocks a, away. Toy Tokyo had a table at the Fear Festival in oh, San Francisco. Cool. And on my way back home from San Francisco, I actually met two of the dudes from Toy Tokyo because cool. we went through the same. Uh, terminal where they had the Japanese toy exhibit. Nice, nice. That's yeah, that's Mark Nagata's, I believe, right? That's 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 from his personal collection. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is yep. from his collection. Yep. They, it said there were several people who oh, who, it wasn't uh, just donated. His. Yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah. Um, but then, but then after that, you know, fast forward, we moved from New York City to San Francisco, and then I got to experience a lot of the cool shops out there. Kimono, my house, Heroes Club. Um, what else is out there? Oh, and then Super 7 opened up. Brian and Mark. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flynn and Mark Nagata. Actually, Super 7's still there. Yeah. It's on Hate Street now. Used yeah. to be in, in Japantown. Um, I was there pretty much once a week and I would <laughs> go in there and hang out with them. And actually, I helped them out when they had the, uh, the cons in San Francisco. I'd go and work, work with them at the, at their table and stuff. Cool. Cool. And, um, they're really good guys and, and really had a love for it as well as just, you know, they weren't just salespeople. They, they loved it as, as well. Yeah. And, um, but Super yeah. Seven's awesome. Like yeah. that, just as a company, it's, it's a it's really great. cool company. I miss it. I, m- I miss the Bay Area. I miss New York. Um, Seattle is great and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing, but there's really not that much. Kind of a dry kaiju town. It's a dry kaiju yeah. town. It's dry. I mean, maybe some of us should get together and, and maybe remedy that at some point. <laughs> um, because we do have all of the, the disposable income from the big companies. Google, Amazon, oh, yeah, Microsoft, right, yeah. blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Maybe some of those people will, would love to have some stuff in their collection. I always, I always think about that. Since it is so dry. Yeah. 
Well, so it's uh, we're at the end of March 2014, so we've got a couple months before the new movie comes out. So this would be the time this to would, try you and know set what? up a brand new this, business this, for it. This would be a good. This this could be a catalyst, as it were. Right? Trips to Japan, business expense. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um. So I, I, as a as a toy Godzilla kaiju horror sci fi fan slash collector, having lived in New York and San Francisco, I've been pretty lucky. And pretty spoiled about what you know I could see physically in my yeah. hands, and as opposed to buying it on the internet, because you can pretty much get anything on the internet. Yeah. But there's that you miss that 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 thrill of the hunt yeah. and finding it and holding it, and as opposed to like coming in the box and seeing it on you know yeah. on, the, on your computer. I mean, that that's ironically going to be one of the questions I'm going to ask you next about collecting twenty years ago. Uh, against collecting today, because you know you do miss the thrill of the hunt. Totally, in a way, it is. I mean, you're, the hunt is trying to get the best price from competing against other people on the internet. But that's the way I I look at it for sure. You know, but still, it is it is that of just going someplace, not knowing what you're going to find, and you're like, oh my god, look what I just found. Yeah, you know, I think it's like there's something that's. I mean, I love the internet because everything's readily available. I mean, you can find it if you just look hard enough. You can. You're absolutely but, right. You know, and you pay enough. Yeah, but one of the things I loved to do was even like in New York City in Chinatown, which is pretty big. It's a big Chinatown, not as big as San Francisco, but still pretty big. You go down these side alleys, and they'd have these shops that would have these random Godzilla toys that you would not expect to see there, and you know, good stuff. I mean, I bought a Max Factory 1992 Godzilla vinyl kit in mm-hmm. this place mm-hmm. called Waku on Mott Street. Cool. And uh, I did not expect to see it. There. It was really reasonably priced. It wasn't overpriced. Um, this was probably 1993 or something like that. Gotcha. But I loved that. I loved searching and finding and going and, and, and discovering. And now that part of it is, is, is not, doesn't exist anymore. I mean, yeah. it's, they announce when things are going to be released and you wait and, and you, and, 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 you then, and then there's delay online. and you wait. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eBay's good. You know, you, you can, I, a lot of people, you know, are kind of don't love to get stuff on eBay, but I've had some good luck, knock on wood, um, with things and, and fair people and, you know, going in both ways, selling, buying and selling. But, um, speaking of good luck, I, and on eBay, you have such good luck that you've told me when there's things that I'm, I've I, been looking for. I do. Like, uh, David was like, weren't you looking for the, uh, Naranga mm. from the first release X plus from Naranga? And I'm like, I absolutely was. And it was 40 bucks, 40 bucks. And it was, it was loose, but it was a perfect, it was perfect, man. I'm so glad I have that now. So it's, See- it's cool that. You're you're still you're still there. You still check it out, eBay stuff, even though a lot of people have tried to move on. See, that's now that's my new fun. Instead of going out and searching, I like to search for other people too. Yeah. And if if I know, like now I know Kyle's looking for a 25 centimeter X plus Gigan, not necessarily Rick Boy. Yeah. And I'll keep I'll, 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 I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled. And and you know what? We'll find one for him one of these days. You and know, what's funny is last time we were here. It was Angulus. the no, is the X plus Gorosaurus. Oh, and I was like looking at your Gorosaurus figure downstairs. I was like, no, nope, I'm sold. I gotta get this. And like, I went back to Portland, and I pretty much like, I think the next week found it on uh, Hobby Search and Perfect. bought it. And Perfect. I was like, now I have it. So now 
Maybe I'll have the same luck. You, you, you just validated my whole point of holding it in your hand versus seeing it online. Absolutely. Once Absolutely. you see it in your hand, you're going to be like, Oh, I need to have this. Yeah. And you know, even when I go back to New York to visit, Toy Tokyo is, is, is great. I think it's a little bit overpriced, uh-huh. but you can see the stuff in there and you were like, wow, this is bigger than I thought. This is color, more colorful than I thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that aspect of collecting. I miss that part of it, you know? And, you know, in San Francisco, like you never knew what you'd find at Kimono My House. And, you know, I would, you know, I, I used to live in Oakland. And when we moved from San Francisco to Oakland, I'd take the bus from Oakland to Emeryville, uh-huh. climb the stairs and go all the way up to Yuki's, you know, groovy pad up there. And, and he and I, there would be nobody in there in the middle of the afternoon because mm-hmm. I used to work mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'd sit there and he, we'd just talk. And he'd talk and talk and talk until actually I said, you got to go. Yeah. But he would, yeah. he was a, a joy to listen to and, and such a nice man. And, and, uh, you know, I was very sorry to hear about his passing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, the, his shop, you never knew what he was going to go in the back and pull out. Yeah. Because yeah. we had that sort of, you know, connection and not just a customer. I'd go in there and he'd go, well, wait a minute. Did you ever see this? And it would be this, it could have been a candy toy. Right. It right. could have been a postcard. It could have been this and that. I mean, I remember he pulled out a, a vintage Kimba the White Lion poster and I bought it for my nephew. Nice. And, but you know, that's the kind of thing that's missing, I think, in a lot of places. I mean, New York still has it a little bit, but it's well, changed a lot. Of the, a, lot. a lot of the shops to buy kaiju stuff have gone away. Yeah, they've in, gone. Yeah. I mean, the advent of the internet has absolutely helped them at least if they're not completely gone they're they're just online yeah, shops yeah and yeah. i appreciate that because you know it's expensive to to have a brick and mortar store yeah uh uh you know as an example toy freaks was set up in hood oh, river right, Oregon, right, right 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 and uh they had to close the the physical shop even though it was a lovely little shop it just wasn't they weren't making enough money to make the rent just, and, and they wanted to move anyway yeah and I don't think Hood River is the prime location. Absolutely not the if prime location for If they were to go to like someplace <laughs> in Portland, kind of I think that or could, even Seattle, that, yeah, that yeah. could have survived. Yeah, in, I mean, he did Portland, a good, he did a great job. David did with the. I, I saw. I didn't get to go in there. I'm sorry, I didn't, never got to go there. But he had like models in there and and posters and things. It looked really cool. Yeah, and I sure as hell would have gone in there if if I would have seen it, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that that's, that that's gone from here. And, um, which reminds me back to another story in New York City when, uh, I first went into to a store called Forbidden Planet, which is still there. It's moved across the street and it's bigger now, but, uh, it's still on the same location. It's on, on Broadway in the I village. I need to get a list of all these places. Oh, yeah. I'll make I you a huge sure, list. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'd go in there and down, they just have it downstairs and mm-hmm. the downstairs had their, you know, Godzilla stuff and they'd have, you know, Models, the old, uh, styrene models of the, of the Ultraman monsters, the really, I think it was Bandai. Right. Yeah. And, or, yeah. Is it Nito or? N- well, not those. These are the Bandai ones. Okay. And, uh, they had, you know, a couple of Godzillas. They had a King Ghidra. They had, uh, a Pagila, a Garamon. Oh, I've seen those. Y- With the yeah. Yuji Kaido art yes, on the Great covers. art yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. So I'd go look at that. And then hanging up, they had a giant Ghidra, which was part of the great monster series. Um, from Bandai, and uh, some of you may know it by its its better name, the Fragile Wing Ghidra. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah. And um, anyway, it's a beautiful sculpt. The wings just weren't designed to fit properly, and and they always break 
with the with the 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 weight of the wings against the body. Um, anyway, they had it hanging up with with fishing line, mm-hmm. and it was just spectacular. And not that I ever would ever have the money to buy it, but I ask all the time, "Yeah, can I buy it? Is it for sale?" And they say, "No, no, no, it's not for sale." So, and I go in there and look at it. Probably blah, a blah, blessing blah. in disguise, not yeah. being for oh, sale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way. For yeah. Sure. Back then, and anyway, one day I went in there, and it was gone. And I said, "Hey, what happened to that gear?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we sold it." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's great." And uh, so somebody ended up. I guess they they're, they they, met their they price, had a fat yeah. you know fat amount of money that they offered for it, and they they finally sold it. But yeah, that was the um one of the things that I go in there and and I go visit it anyway. Yeah, and I still don't have that one, and I don't want it now, even though it's nostalgic to me because I would want to display it with the wings and I'd be I'd be bummed if I couldn't display it with the wings in there. Well you just have to wait for this awesome upcoming X plus <sighs> oh, don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. Well I think someday, I think someday. I'm thinking those of you those of us who follow the X plus line know that there's been a huge dry spell and um maybe this is an indication that something awesome this way comes. I hope so. I hope it's going to be like the birth of of Ghidra from the meteorite. And oh. like we're just like get this massive explosion <laughs> yeah. of fandom yep. where yep. it's like X plus is Ghidra. People are gonna people are gonna be insane for that because it's it's the one of the few missing components from their 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 um twenty five centimeter destroy all monster series. And um it would be the the paragon of that collection, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And um it'd have to be twenty five centimeter because thirty centimeter would be A Way too big and B, way too expensive. It would almost be like their uh, gigantic line as far as pricing, yep. I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it would do you think that's why they haven't released it? Or do you, do you think it's coming? Well, or do you think it's what they said? No, it's they, coming. Don't you? I, I know it's coming because they told me that that's what they wanted to do. That's like their big next release for Godzilla. Is they've been working on a way to do Ghidra because his wings can't yeah. be uh, PVC. Because yeah. after right. a time, his wings will be so big. After a time, they'll sag. They'll warp and sag. Yeah. And, and uh, what they learned with their Mothra figure, their Mothra adult figure, is that if the wings are made of um, ABS plastic and the body is made of the standard PVC vinyl, that it will not sag. And and I don't know how they do it if it's like just like almost one piece that they close the vinyl around, but uh, that's what we're assuming they're going to be doing because they know that i mean they said it in that video that right, they're, yeah. they're using abs plastic for the wings which is that's the same stuff that they make pipes out of yeah, yeah so yeah. It, sh- it should be pretty sturdy should be should be so anyway yeah we're we're holding out for a, a really you know really great spectacular magnificent amazing king Ghidra, and uh that would be I would be so happy when that when that comes out, and um, that's going to be one of those things that when they announce it, I'm just going to have to pre-order it and then figure out a way to get the money for oh, it. Because yeah. all the all of the 25 centimeter large scale figures that they've made, Biollante, Kumanga, uh, I want to say there's a couple more, but uh, off the top of my head, I'm those not are remembering the two biggest them. Ones. But those are the big ones, yeah. right? Those are the yeah. ones that are like they almost look like they should be 30 centimeter figures because yep. they're so large. Yep. But the price tag on them was higher than normal. Yeah. And so I was, well, Biolante was way higher than normal, but yeah. Kumanga, I was like, nah, I don't need that. And ever since I made that decision not to get it, I've pretty much 
mildly regretted it. And I know if they do King Ghidra and he's more expensive and I say no, that I'm going to completely regret it. You know what, Kyle? You could always sell it again. If, that's true. If you, that's true. It, it, it's a win-win-win situation it because sure X Plus is one of those things where if if you f- just keep the box... I think and that is the exact advice you gave us last last time we were it here is. too. Yeah, it you is can always because, sell it. Yeah, because there is they they haven't hit a home run. I got to say, with all their figures, in my opinion. Yeah, um, some of them are a little off. The sixty-two twenty-five centimeter for that matter, I think, is a really poor sculpt, mm-hmm. and it I I was not happy with it. Um, so I put it back in its box and sold it. For more than I paid for it, not a whole lot more, but a little bit more than I paid for yeah, it. Yeah, and um, put it towards something I really wanted. That one, and I didn't love the seventy-five either. The way they did the mouth was still a little, little kind of, kind of wonky. You do have that downstairs? No, it's gone. I sold oh, it. Sold it. Okay. I sold it. Yeah. I, I repaired it, and I sold it. I, okay, gotcha. I sort of, sort of closed those gaps and 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 for the and, listeners, the I'm assuming unless they're part of the X Plus group, and they they won't know that you like are really good with doctoring the X plus figures to make them better than they are. And they're already like the best figures on the market. But, uh, you know, David has, has uh, graciously not volunteered, I'm sure, but has graciously accepted the task of fixing people's X plus figures when there's something a little wrong with them. And everyone gets something back from you is super excited about it. No, it's great. It's 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 great because every you know the factory sometimes it comes with a defect, a, a paint splotch or an extra piece of plastic and it's pretty easy to or a jacked up jaw. Or, well, no, I seem to be the only one with a really <laughs> jacked up jaws, which I guess is fitting because I can fix it. But but no, I mean it's it's it the first time I ever like took exacto knife to figure, I was shaking like a leaf because I'm like I'm going to mess this up. But yeah, you just have to be be careful and methodical, and you can pretty much fix it pretty easily. And um, yeah, it's 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 been, I I I don't. And some of the ones that I love, I do what I want with them because I never intend to sell them. They're they're my figures. I'll keep them. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I I definitely w- would sympathize with people who get one that has like this big paint splotch, and all they see is that paint splotch, and and you know, just ship it out to me, you know. Uh, pay for the shipping and maybe throw a couple bucks my way and I'll fix it for you. So David, talk a little bit about your kind of like personal creed for collecting. Like you're not a completist, right? Because you, mm, you said no, if I'm it's, not. If it's yeah, like, I was, but I'm not anymore. Yeah. So if it's a sculpt you don't like, you won't. No, buy it, I right? won't buy it. And and that's see, people. I'm I'm a very strange collector because. Um, I have almost all of of most things, but if I don't like the movie so much, or I don't like the design of the suit, I won't spend the money on right. it. Right? Yeah. So one of the things I asked downstairs is like, do you have the twenty five or the thirty centimeter X plus from Godzilla: Final Wars? And you said no nope, because nope. I don't like that movie. I don't love the movie, and um, there's there's so many things that I can spend the money on that I love. Yeah. And I think my collection is pretty eclectic when it comes. It's not just one thing. Um, getting back to your, your first uh, questions about w- what I collect. I started out with Bandai, which most of us did because that was available and affordable. It's also the most prominent. Yeah. I mean, that's what most people yeah. find yeah. when they you, just go you looking find, for Godzilla you can find figures. That stuff. Yeah. And, um, anyway, next I started to get into the more realistic garage kit 
model kit kind of things. The the, the vinyl ones. Kyoto did a scale, uh, a 25, 20 centimeter scale release of almost every Godzilla suit. And I would build and paint those. Love those. Love Billikens. Billikens are gr- If anybody is a fledgling modeler, Billiken is a great place to start. They're, I would agree with they're, that. They're, sure. they're pretty easy to build and pretty affordable. So Kyoto Billiken. And then I got in, I never really embraced the resin kits because they're super expensive and they're really, you really have to know what you're doing because a vinyl kit, if you put the jaw in the wrong spot, you could easily take it out and put it back. But once resin is like, in there with the super glue and the enhancer, it's on there and you have to break it to, 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 to move it around. So anyway, a few, few resin kits, but, um, and then when I moved to San Francisco, I bought a figure from Brian Flynn, who was an owner of Super 7 and he lived on, on Hate Street and I lived pretty close by. So he, we, we were talking on the internet and he's like, well, why don't you just come pick it up? You live in San Francisco. I'm like, cool. So he invited me over. I went over there and I saw his his vintage Marsan Bullmark M1 oh, cool. Marmot. This yeah. is when Marmot first started doing it. And I was like, oh man, these are awesome. So then I started down the road of Marmot M1. Not so much the vintage stuff. Um, I love it, but in my collection, I don't have a lot of vintage. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied with a, a vintage... Marison, you know, Bullmark reproduction that looks fantastic rather than a beat up one that was in someone's collection. Yeah. You know, but that's just me. I mean, that's, that's just the way I do it. But anyway, that was the next phase was, was the, the soft vinyl, as they call it. And we were just trying to figure out yeah. what exactly so category they again. fall into because yeah. they're not realistic and they're not super deformed, sort of in between, but they're super colorful and super collectible. And, and they, they got better too. They got, like, and they that, definitely and got better. Like just speaking specifically to this uh, type of toy, that I guess soft vinyl toy. Even though the logical fact checking part of my brain is like they're all soft vinyl, really. But uh, the fact that they have this visual style about them, I think, turns a lot of people off at first. But then, if you look at, I don't know, the stuff that was available in like 1995. Compared to the stuff oh, you can get now, it's, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. The stuff that they're releasing, they've been releasing. I, I want to say the first time I noticed it was with Marmot's Monster Heaven yep. and their Para Baby sets. Those are the ones where I was no, like, "No, Vinyl Paradise was first. No, I'm just saying the Vinyl Paradise oh, when, stuff. Oh, when, I when didn't you like when you so noticed much. it, oh, I didn't like it either. Yeah, I didn't like the, it either. But the Para Babies and yes, the Monster absolutely. Heavens look amazing. They do, and they almost I don't know for sure, but I would almost say that they along with M1, created this sort of like kids' toy style they did. renaissance they did. of vinyl figures, and they look amazing. Like David's collection, he has uh, probably about 12 times the amount of those soft vinyl like figures that I do. They're really cool looking, and they're very stylized, but they're also... Semi-realistic, accurate? yeah, accurate. it's strange. Yeah, yeah. It's strange, and you you don't know how to you don't know what category to put them in. Yeah, but they're colorful and they're fun, and people definitely the non-collectors who I allow into my room to see my stuff. <laughs> the first thing they look at are their eye goes right to the colorful oh, yeah, ones, for and sure. and, yeah. and I have a whole shelf of glow in the dark ones, which I affectionately call my glowies, and they are they're just great. I love them too. They put like a light spray of paint on them and then the rest of it's just glow vinyl and they really do glow like insanely cool like when the light goes out so 
but but yeah, so that was the next phase. And then the next phase was the X plus. Mm, because yeah. you know, X plus is sort of a dream come true because it's a model kit that's done. Yeah. You stick the tail on, sometimes easier said than done. And yeah. and you stick it on your sh- yeah. on the shelf. Yeah. And unless it has a couple of little blips and and defects, but it's still easier than painting, building and painting a whole fresh model kit. Yeah, and I'm no, you know, I'm no stranger to building and painting model kits. I probably have uh, maybe a dozen kits in my collection, and uh, I I know that at one point I was like, oh yeah, model kits, no big deal. But man, the allure of just buying this X Plus kit yep. that you take out of the box <laughs> and it's already freaking gorgeous. Yep. Just putting it on the shelf you and you're it. like, oh. done. Looks so good. Done, done, done. Open yeah. the box. Yeah, it's it's that's the new phase. And then and then I got into the candy toys. We actually were lucky enough to go to Japan in 2006, mm-hmm. and I started to really see and love the little. They're called Gashapons, mm-hmm. and they're little candy toys, super realistic little figures of Ultraman, Godzilla, or pretty much anything you could ask for. And some of the shops out there have like shelves and shelves of just these toys. I think and, they're so popular in Japan because because they're so small. Yep. And then and you can have a massive collection of them in a tiny live apartment. In a tiny apartment. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're they look they look fantastic in mass, as do most collections. Um they they they're kind of small and insignificant on their own. But once you have like four or five shelves of them. Yeah. They really make an impact. They're they are they they are small, but they pack a punch. I yeah. love the ones that are the Yuji Sakai sculpts love that them. are just miniaturized versions of those really expensive model kits. So well done. If you can't afford Yuji Sakai's nineteen sixty two Godzilla appearance through the iceberg, you can get a little teeny one for about ten bucks. Yeah. I will say I wish that they would put out the appearance in Monster Zero with the because they have a model kit of oh, the of the Planet X ship pulling Godzilla out be, of the uh, you know what the, the the lake. I would love <laughs> but that. They haven't done a lake little tiny version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that someday. that would be pretty cool. Yeah, but but yeah, so the the um the the small Gashapon fake or AKA candy toys they're called that too, and um was what I was into for a while and now. It's pretty much a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, I have so much now that it's almost, I'm almost at the point where one in, one out. Yes. So you have to really, you really have to evaluate what you love. That's why, Jeff, I don't buy something that I don't love. I used to do that, but they've all been sold since. But yeah. now I really, you know, it's, it's not nearly the, the, the fervor of grabbing everything you can find like it used to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm I'm definitely almost at my capacity of space yeah. of space. So it's it's, well, it's like one that. in one out. I mean, yeah. I think that's um, you know, I was, I was talking with uh, Dave, the guy who does the Clone Wars, Dave Filoni. Uh, I interviewed him, and his collecting is pretty much relegated. Instead of a finite a finite amount of space, he only collects stuff from the first. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla film. Wow. So he, That's it? Yeah. But but if he sees something and it's the 74 Godzilla or the 74 Mechagodzilla or oh. King Caesar or any of a representative of those actor, uh, the actors or the, the apes, the aliens, you know, he's on it. Like, that's what he gets. Yeah. And I got to say, 
as someone who I don't buy everything, but I, you know, I buy what I like. And, um, sometimes I do deal with space issues. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a really cool way to look at it because if that's your, if that's your goal, yeah, then it really stops you from dipping your toes into areas where you just, and, and from what I understand, Mecha Godzilla is a very popular character in Japan. Yep. So there's more stuff. Of exactly. Him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, so I, I gotta say that's, I respect that and I respect the way that, you know, if you have a finite, a finite amount of space that you don't want to over cram your shelves. You don't want to have things in there that you don't love. It really, really fine tunes your collection, essentially. That is cool, but really specific. It's very specific. Yes. And, um, well, for me, uh, I, as we talked earlier about Ultraman, there's so many other cool Ultraman monsters available, like gazillion, million, trillion, gazillion, zillion, zillion Ultraman episodes, monsters, incarnations. Yeah. What happens? Ultra Kaiju. So in, in the light of what you said about your friend, I w- will only buy Ultraman collectibles from the first 39 episodes. That makes sense. Occasionally Ultra Q because that sort of crossover a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, my entire Ultraman collection consists of the 39 episodes with the Science Patrol, you know, Hayata, Fuji, Captain Mura, Ito, and, um, Hiroshi. <laughs> right? Hiroshi. That's it. That's everybody. Yeah. That's it. And, and I was going to say Hoshino too. Oh, well, <laughs> well, Hoshino too. Of course. Well, Hoshino too. And, uh, those episodes were the ones that I, I remember that, the, the the most fondly, and um, uh, I, I limit myself to that. And believe me, that is not really limiting because there's so much of just that no, series yeah, out there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like limiting it to one movie. If you love Godzilla, yeah, that's hard, man. That's hard. It's, that would take serious dedication. And you picked that I, movie. I couldn't do it. Well, I, I clearly mean, can't do it. But. Yeah, I mean, just to pick one movie is just like oh, if I man. had to. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting question. What movie would you pick if you only had to pick one? Monster Zero. Yeah, well, that's easy because you got three and one. <laughs> well, you got, you got, you got, you've got essentially these three yeah, main right. characters right. of monsters. Right. You've got the ship. You've got, you've the, got aliens. the A cycle light ray, yeah. and you've got the aliens. You're right. Like, you get, you you get a very fantastic. Yeah, see how I've already thought about this. You know, <laughs> like, you get this very fantastic yep. array of right. of characters and, and monsters. How about you, Jeff? I'd pick Final Wars. Oh, <laughs> only because only but because I, you no, want to drive listen. me insane. No, no, no listen, because he only yeah. because. But I wouldn't limit it to that's the only Godzilla design. Okay, any Godzilla. I would okay. like any monster that's in the movie. That's what I limit it. To. Gotcha. Okay. So, so all so, of those monsters. <laughs> yeah. Since all oh. those monsters, then you can buy from any movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's smart. That's pretty shady. <laughs> that's thinking. cheating. That's cheating. That's cheating. But I, it, it but ha- I would never. I would okay. never. You okay. couldn't do that, man. <laughs> no, no. I would never pick one movie. Just got a great collection well, then I of just monsters. horror stuff. There you go. But you, but if you did that, like, I mean, if you're not talking about doing what cheating, like just talking about, you could, <laughs> you can actually just buy the versions from Destroyal Monsters. You would really limit yourself on like that would be pretty limited. Crawling Varan, you wouldn't be able to get that from nope. X Plus. You'd have to go for the. YMSF version. <laughs> flying thing that yeah. looks like a terrible puppet. But, um, it was a terrible puppet. But, but yeah, so it would have to be, it would be a toss up between Monster Zero and Godzilla versus Mothra because I love that. But to me, that is the, if, if, if I were to think of, you'd go for Ghidra, the three headed monster. Well, I would, that's a good one too. But, but, but even more than having Ghidra in it, I just love 
Godzilla versus Mothra because all of the everything comes together perfectly in that movie to make it epic and and awesome and and just amazing because you know we're going to talk about this tomorrow right in, yeah. in, the, in the panel but i think that movie you know the the score alone is is genius akira ifukube's score um the story is great it's a melding of two established toho creatures that come together i think that's the second time that's been no well not, second time toho creatures um Godzilla Raids again was Ang- Angulus and King Kong versus Godzilla was, was, that wasn't a Japanese monster. Right. Was, yeah. Yeah. Universal so essentially strong. two established, established Japanese creations come together. Um, Inoshiro Honda directed it and, uh, superrided the special effects. Howard Nakajima played Godzilla. The sets, the, the miniatures were, were, were off the charts. The music, the pacing. The story, the acting, everything just came together in that movie for me. And I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, wow. And being like, the first time I saw it, I really was sad when Godzilla fell into the, into the sea and was right, right. covered with the, with the web. And I guess we're supposed to feel the opposite, but I was always very sad and upset and I was hoping it wasn't dead. Um, but yeah, that, that movie to me is, is what it's, it's, paragon of the golden age of toho filmmaking oh yeah definitely an apex right there apex. for sure yeah yep. uh so i have a another question for you specifically about your love for the godzilla movies as i understand it you are just a major fan of the show stuff how do you feel about the heisei era the stuff from 85 to 95 you know i went i go through stages about it because you know i remember when i first saw i saw godzilla in 1985 the american version in the movie theater in South Jersey. And I was sort of underwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. But this is when I was in, I think I was a freshman in college and I had other things on my mind and it wasn't really, I was expecting more than what I saw. And then when I saw Godzilla versus Biollante, when I was moved to New York and I found out that that even existed. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the design and I liked the movie. I watched it on a very grainy bootleg print mm-hmm. that I got at that video store. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was kind of cool. But what really got me going with the, the Heisei series is when I saw uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidra because uh, the music was back to the music that I remember. Right. There, was, there was stuff, yeah. smatterings of, of original Godzilla music in Biollante, but, but few and far between. But in Godzilla vs. King Ghidra... The whole score was done by Akira Ifukube, and it was just that to me. And then, you know, of course, a familiar character again. Uh, I loved them initially, mm-hmm. and then I didn't love them so much. And now I have more respect for them again. I go kind of go back and forth. They're not my favorites. Um, and, and getting back to Godzilla 1985, I finally went back and watched the 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 Japanese version. Mm-hmm. The Return of Godzilla, and now I have new respect for that film too. I actually really like it, yeah. and it's become one of my favorites. And uh, but yeah, the, the Heisei had sort of a, a flip flop feeling about it, and now I, I I like them again. I still I still think they're 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 great, but compared to the Showa, they're they're they don't stand they're lacking. Up. They're lacking definitely. They're lacking yeah, I f- I feel the same way. Uh, as far as the lacking aspect, I feel the same way about the Millennium series too. There's just something not quite clicking there, and I'm not sure if it has to do with 
uh, the, you know, modern day storytelling in in what we know as a nostalgic type be. of of uh, yeah. filmmaking. But you know, uh, I I love all of the Godzilla movies in some way, and so for me, uh, you know, the Heisei era. Just not. I don't want to take too long to say this, but the Heisei era represents my reawakening of a Godzilla of Me too. being a Godzilla fan. I was like, what they they were making all these movies Absolutely. and I I went and found them and scoured the internet and found bootleg versions yep. of all this stuff and it really brought my uh subdued fandom yep. yeah. to a a fever You're pitch almost. Right. And so I have the, that's why I like the Heisei stuff so much. And the, the Millennium stuff I enjoyed because it was happening as I was a fevered Godzilla fan, and it was like, oh, the new Godzilla movie's coming out. I'd never had that opportunity to do that before. But You're absolutely right. I agree I, 100%. Yeah, I remember the early 90s was when I got kind of back into Godzilla. Yeah, me too. Early 90s. When you had to wait. You knew yeah. something was getting released in, in December. You had to wait till you could get a bootleg of it. Well, that was the joy of living in New York. You could get boot. They had. See, New York City, Kyle, you've never been. Have you been, Jeff? No. <laughs> It used to be, you can, if you knew where to go, you can get anything you want, pretty much, before anybody else does. Right, and yeah. I love that. And you know, you make your little connections here and there in the in the world of fandom, and you knew where to go for the bootleg, or somebody had it, had a friend in Japan, blah blah blah. So I was able to get them like pretty quick. But yeah. you watch the grainy, yeah, untranslated yeah. versions, and then you're like, oh. And then, then you see it in its entirety. And, and then for a while, they disappeared again. Uh-huh. And then they released really bad dubbed American versions. I, I think the, one of the, one of the things that really cheapens the effect of the Heisei series is that those bad dubbed American versions really, really do nothing to elevate the movie. You have to watch the Japanese yeah. subtitle versions because no, they're terrible. They're painful. They're, terrible. they're painful. And the, I mean, the dubs. It's funny, like I, I don't even know how to to quantify it really. But the, you know, I watched the, uh, you know, Destroy All Monsters has the two dubs. It yes. has the international dub and it has the AIP dub, which I love, and I love the AIP Me dub too. too. That's actually what I saw first Me because um, the tape that I bought was a bootleg tape, and it was I think from, from television, probably right. I think I don't know, but it was from Showcase Collectibles, and I remember yeah, getting Showcase it Collectibles yeah. and loving it, and then. When it came out on DVD, I was like, what is this? And the funny thing to me is, like, I don't know if you could do an AIP-style dub today no, you of couldn't. a Godzilla you movie. Couldn't. Because you'd get people screaming that you're being racist because you're, right. you're speaking in a staccato accent, you know? Yeah. But something about those movies, I mean, again, here comes the nostalgia factor. It's what we remembered seeing. Yeah. And back in the day, that was perfectly acceptable. And, and that was top of the line dubbing back then. I still, I still, even as a, a newer fan, because as I said, like, I didn't really come into the, the fervor of, of, uh, gotta see these Godzilla movies until I was much older. But like, still, that stuff really resonates with me. I think it's just a better dub. It's a and better the dub. stuff that happened, it, the stuff that they did through Hong Kong for the Heisei oh, yeah. movies just... and for the Millennium series. You know, I've never seen any of the Millennium fo- movies dubbed. At all? No, I don't think I have either. None of them have been dubbed. So. Oh yeah, oh uh, no, no, no. Godzilla two thousand was. That's what we saw in the movies. We saw the dub version. Yeah. Oh God. no, but I haven't seen the. I'm talking about. I haven't seen the uh, the Hong Kong dubs. Oh, oh of those. 
Okay. Because after seeing or hearing the the Heisei movies, uh, I just decided like that was not for me. I was not going to do that. You know, it's funny because I flip flop now. I used to be, oh my god, when I discovered the the Japanese widescreen, you know, uncut, you know, subtitled movies. That's all I would watch. Right but now, yeah. I find myself going back to watch the 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 good quality prints of the the dubbed ones, the old dubbed ones, like you know, King Kong versus Godzilla. It's just so bad. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know, I love when they say Hokkaido instead of Hokkaido. Hokkaido. That's my favorite yeah. thing. They all yeah. say it, except for there's one Japanese American actor who plays one of the reporters. He says Hokkaido, and then yeah. every other yeah. dub is Hokkaido, and it's just like so funny. But but it's just nostalgic, and I remember that's what I remember when I was little, and I for some reason that really it, it, it elevates it for me, and it, and I that's one of the reasons that I collect the stuff. Is yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. It reminds me of rainy Saturdays. I think those old versions, the dub versions, it's like comfort food. Totally, absolutely. It just it feels right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because that's absolutely. what you remember. Yeah, absolutely. Just like you said. Even if you're not a Godzilla fan, you know those old dub movies, and you you know what it is and and it's it just brings me right back there sitting in front of the black and white tv with the antennas you know my mom bringing me snacks downstairs and and that's that's what it that's what it's all about for me yeah anyway but um yeah the millennium series are missing something i love i know kyle this is where, where we we sort of yeah don't agree a hundred percent we're um, friends we can agree we can to disagree. do it we can we can agree to disagree um but yeah, I, I love the upgraded millennium design of Godzilla, especially Godzilla 2000 and, and Godzilla versus Megaguirus. They, um, what they did essentially is take a 62 suit and, um, the bulk and the reptilian vibe of it and upgrade it to sort of modern times. And I think they, they granted they may have gone a little overboard with, with, with the uh, dorsal plates and, uh, but a little extreme, a little extreme. In my opinion. <laughs> but but I happen to, to the extreme. I, ha- I happen to really respond to that design. It's the Mountain Dew Godzilla. One of my favorite Godzilla designs is from GMK. I like GMK too. See, uh, we man. agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. I love GMK. Yeah. GM, you know, um, non-Godzilla fans like the GMK because that movie is entertaining in 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 itself without being part of the rest of the series. You can watch that on its own. Yeah. So I, what I'll say about the my my beef with the Millennium design, the with the giant spikes, you know, as the series, you know, you had the 1999 film, the 2000 film, and then they took the break in 2001 to do GMK, and then when they brought Godzilla back for his 2002 film, Godzilla Tokyo SOS against Mechagodzilla, oh, Mechagodzilla was first, right, right, right. They toned it down, but he still had the large dorsal. Plates. He still had the sort of like cool neck. So you like that thing. better, or you didn't? I, like that? I do. I I like that better than the straight up two thousand. Like so, if we went downstairs right now yeah. and looked at the differences between your two thousand three X plus Godzilla and your nineteen ninety nine X plus Godzilla, I could be like, this is what I like. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. Well, there's things about each one that I like. Um, I think that they went a little too small on the head. For the when when they toned it down a little bit, yeah, I could agree with that. I don't love small Godzilla heads; those are my seem to be my least favorites. The um, towards the end of the Heisei series, you know, the um, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla in particular, 
I think they really went a little bit overboard. It was a little bit too chunky, and the head was really small. He's so chunky, so chunky, <laughs> so chunky, so chunky, and um, especially you know, those thighs. And uh, oh, yeah, and I, I think you know some of, some of the the impact was or the emphasis was taken off of it in Destroyer because he was glowing and burning. You couldn't really see as much. Oh yeah. But um, I love one. My favorite Hayside design is the '89. Yeah, I think that is just like the epitome of like badass. Can I say that? Sure. Is that okay? I'll allow okay, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've been really good. You have. Been I've been great, super man, good. Been... So you give me something. And if first, if I don't allow it, then I'll just bleep it. Or something. Oh, don't bleep it. <laughs> okay. I've I been so nice about it. <laughs> okay. I don't bleep it. God. God. Yeah, they, it's good. No, I won't bleep it. Okay. Don't, don't bleep it. it. I'm kidding. But anyway, the '89 is a really cool suit. This whole thing's getting cut out. Oh. <laughs> no, <just> no. <laughs> and the 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 '89 suit sort of. You know, stays with us until 1991, um, and then it changes the, when it when the, the it changes slightly in the 92. Gets a little bulkier, and it, it, the the neck is a little thicker, mm-hmm. and the head's a little flatter. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially sim- pretty similar. I think it really starts to 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 get chunky in Godzilla versus um, Mechagodzilla 93. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean they're still good, but they're my least least favorites. I like it because it's, it's almost like a the Hayes series is almost like a cohesive design yeah, from start much. to finish. And if pretty you do much. take the fifty four uh, version into consideration as being like the first movie in the Hayes series, it's not too much of a stretch to see the fifty four Godzilla and to see the eighty four Godzilla. Like, no, I could together. see that. You yeah, could almost yeah, see that as yeah. being like, oh yeah, he. He healed, got better, and this is what he looks like now. And then from movie to movie, I actually kind of like that, how it, it progresses. But you almost get that with the 99 suit, too. So the 99 and the 2000 suit, you know, Godzilla 2000 and Godzilla X Megaguirus, those two suits, even though they're almost the same... They're a little different. They're a little tiny bit different. You know, Godzilla got a little darker in color, and his, uh, I think they changed a little bit in his cheeks... Yeah, there's slight nuances that are changed, and I actually prefer it. And there's, it, it's actually more mobile. The suit can do more mm-hmm. and move around a little bit more. Um, I, I just, I think that movie is a very underrated movie. It's got some I think mega gears. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. half of it is really good, and then it sort of loses steam when you actually start seeing too much of mega gears. When mega gears hatches from the egg, yeah, that's that, when, yeah, you're right. Yeah, kind of, you're right. But they do great work. Um, with the miniatures and the and the you know the battle scenes and and the small dr- uh, mega mega nula dragonflies that's mm-hmm. pretty well done I, yeah, think. I think so I think and so. Uh, I love the scene where Godzilla is being attacked by all of them on it. that island I mean the whole Amazing. from start to finish that scene is fantastic it's fantastic yeah. it's exciting it's fantastic and they um you know they just I think they sort of copped out with the design of of Mega Gears. it looks like Batra too much number one. And number two, it it they didn't execute it well enough. The flying, you know, it yeah. just yeah. it's a it's just not it's just not not good. So here's okay. So speaking directly to the Megaguirus uh, aspect of the story, when and I was talking earlier about like I'm a fan now, and I know that these movies are coming out. So and especially with the advent of the internet, as I've said earlier you get all this information about the movies as they're being made, as opposed to it just being like, I know there's a new movie coming out. Bingo. Here's a movie. I'm finally watching it. You know, you get all this sort of pre-production information coming in. And when I heard that that was going to be the opponent for Godzilla, 
I was like, that sounds an awful lot like Legion. And I got really oh, disappointed in it. Oh, it does, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, it's very different, but at the same time still has a few similar aspects to it. So I'm just not a not a huge fan of uh, of Mega Gearus. And when the monster shows up, it's just not as great as it should be. I really don't understand why they couldn't uh, figure out how to make the the wings move because sometimes they move great. Sometimes they move great. And and sometimes they just just floating, floating. And you know, well, that's the Toho flying monster gravity problem that we have to suspend our disbelief big time. Oh yeah. Well, that was my problem with uh, Rodan. I don't want to cut you off too much, but like Rodan's in 93, I was like, finally, we're going to see a like realistic Rodan. And then, he just sat there with his wings out the entire time. Yeah. You know, the thing also about Megagirus, that's the last time we had a completely original uh, foe for Godzilla. Yes, Correct? that's true. Yeah. And that's one of the things I kind of missed. Well, except with, for with the, Monster X. Yeah. <sighs> but when you had like... Let's not talk about Monster no, X. But, but, no. but when you had, um, you know, the next films, they just started, got, got back into... Who's the most popular yeah, monsters? Yeah. And I kind of, you know, I kind of wish they would have taken a chance mm-hmm. and have new monsters. I don't know. I'm, know? I'm, I'm on the fence about that because would you rather have? I'm, I'm talking hypothetically. You, me, like you know, rhetorical question. Would you David rather demands an answer? Yes. Yeah. Would you? Would you rather have an established monster that we love and it's nostalgic, or a crappy? soulless CGI monster that's not, well, not really... Well, not, not a CGI monster. Oh. I mean, back... I'm talking okay. in the Millennium, you, oh, in the millennium okay. series. Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, they just kind of fell back on the exact... Because none of the new ones... On the same ones. None of the new ones, Jeff, really... Uh, like, like Orga was just okay. Didn't yeah. do much for me. Yeah, no. Um, Batra, again, was just a rehash of... of I'm sorry. Uh, Megagirus was a rehash of Batra. Although he was exciting as the larval stage when he was small yeah, thought, and the dragonflies were great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just think they could have taken that design further, and and if he was like some kind of a, an insect like monster that stood up, yeah. or that was crawling or something instead of flying, I think that would have been much better. Yeah, I would have liked to see uh, them maybe go back to what made the movies the monsters special in the first decade, and try and come up with a monster that looks kind of like a dinosaur. You know, I agree. I totally, completely agree. That's I couldn't articulate that, but that's exactly right. It'd be kind of cool to see that as, you know, we've already seen a number of dinosaurian kaiju, essentially. But it'd be cool to see them try and come up with something new that we hadn't seen. I'm sure there are plenty of of, of monsters from prehistoric times that could be resurrected. Like a Spinosaurus kind of creature. Even if it was just a crawling thing, like, I don't want to say like like Angulus, but, you know, there's just so many... So yeah, many opportunities they there. They never did like a Stegosaurus, back you know, past, something yeah. like that with spikes on his back. And, and they're always, you know, have these, mon- I don't even know. I used, I used to know all the dinosaur names when I was little. They've changed now, them all they've now, changed man. them all just, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just like Pluto. They got rid of Pluto and, yeah. you know, it's all downhill from there. But, <laughs> but right. you know. It, You're listening to the old man hour. Yes, right? we, yeah, we're, well, we're just complaining yeah. about kids these days. Yeah. To get well, off our you knew lawn. that was going to happen at some point. <laughs> but, you know, let's, can I, can I, touch on the new movie just a little bit sure let's do it because and, i think by the time this comes out the new movie will have been released yeah. so it'll be a nice snapshot of of and, uh, of our opinions pre-movie you know it's it's one of those things where we were all so disappointed with godzilla 1998 and i know that's an understatement 
It's an abomination. It never should have happened. Embarrassing. That's what the, the general population think that we all collect. That's Godzilla to us. And that's not true at all. Whatever. We, we've heard all that before. And then when, you know, we find out that Legendary is doing a, a larger budget, serious toned reboot of Godzilla. Of course, I was thrilled as we all were. And then when they started to leak some of the designs out, it, I, I honestly, for me, I was really disappointed because out of all of the possibilities, what they settled for, and we pretty much know what we're going to get mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, at this point, we definitely we know what we're... I mean, we know what the monster design looks like. Yeah. We just haven't seen it on screen. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't scream Godzilla to me. And, and I know that it takes us a while to warm up to certain suits like you know the, the Millennium suit and the GMK suit. This one, for some reason... I, 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 I can't really, you know, embrace it yet. And I'm hoping, I doubt it, but once I see it in motion, mm. that's all going to change and, and some of the little tweaks there. Having said that, the tone of the movie, the acting, the story, the special effects all seem to be like right on point for this to be a, a fantastic reboot of Godzilla, but yeah, like what we're getting from the tra- what you can read from the trailer looks basically. Aside from the design, everything else is pointing to this is going to be like the best thing since sliced bread. But I, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I'm like, from what we've seen the design, am I going to want anything collectible from this? And my answer is no. It it, it doesn't really fit with what's going on now and not necessarily doesn't have to fit yeah but it has to be godzilla to mm-hmm. me even if you i know this is just you know yeah no go ahead even if you love the film yeah you still don't think so you don't think so. i don't think so because i don't there's many i mean i'm not going to get into the, the the many details of why i don't like the suit mm-hmm. or or the animation whatever we're going to see or a combination of both right uh, and i think another mistake that they're making gareth edwards is making is that the they're first of all they're they're introducing a secondary creature and for me personally a reboot of godzilla should just have godzilla mm-hmm. focus on making him awesome perfect amazing terrifying force of nature without putting another creature to sort of water the story down and take the focus away from what we want to go see and just hear me out. I know you're looking at me like, hmm, I don't know about that. No, no, no. Um, and then establish, make this it, guy is crazy. make, make yeah. it, make it successful. And then in your next film, which there probably will be, then you start introducing either a, a either a new, newly designed creature or a uh, established creature re- rebooted like Godzilla and, and go from there because I mean, I, I, I've seen clips of, of the, 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 the monsters in this. They're called Mutos or Mutos, whatever. They're, they really don't do anything for me. I mean, we haven't seen much, I know, but I just think that the story of, like, the take from the original 1954, that it didn't really need another monster in it. It was just about this, this big force of nature that was created by man's stupidity, you know, and that, and then now what do we do? And, um, I think, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, it's all going to play out in a few months. And I will be the first one to eat my words. I promise to come down and do another, to do another 
cast with you after the movie is on, after we've all seen it, and we'll see what happens. Okay. And, um, yeah. Uh, but for now, I am. I'm not even going to say I'm cautiously optimistic. I am really bummed at the design, and I'm going to really try to look past it and 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 love the movie. Uh, because I do love Gareth Edwards. I love monsters. When I saw See, that movie, I'm not in that camp. You're not in that camp. No, I did not love monsters. I enjoyed monsters, but it's not it's not a monster movie, right? I mean, it has monsters at the end, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a it's a relationship movie. It is. Yeah, I called I mean, it. That's fine. I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was no, a good that's, movie. That's, but I don't know if I would call it a monster movie. <laughs> yeah, I called it the drive of kaiju films. Yeah, I can see, I can see that point, but it's I so slow. It was slow, but and I didn't care about the characters at all. Oh. Like I would have been totally happy if those. <laughs> I don't. What is it? The the guy and the chick. I don't even know their names. It's it's that that much to me. But like, if a monster smashed them and that was the end of the movie, I would have been happier about that. Uh. I, I admired. The filmmaking of the of the film because it's a low budget movie and they took natural environment and I completely I mean, I be- admired I, that. I believe totally I believed that. it. I believe I believe I believe that's what so. the world would do. Yeah, if that yeah. was the situation. Yeah, yes, I yes. mean they did a great job. Of, great I mean, job. It made me believe and, what and was happening. I I honestly I agree with you. It was slow. There was a lot of stuff going on, but there was a lot of subtle nuances in the beginning and in the end. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, make sure you pay attention and. Uh, there were some terrifying moments in that jungle. I was I was scared. I, yeah. I and Every, for me to be scared, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. And you know, I want to be scared in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I want to be yeah. scared. I want to be I want to be running for my life. I want to be like in the shoes of these people. And I, <laughs> I think you're going to get that with the yeah, new film. Yeah, I, I do. I, that's the feeling I'm hoping for as well. It's like I had that feeling. Um, a number of times in Cloverfield. Me too. I did I was too. Like my palms were yep, sweating. Me too. I'm like, this is I was, like I feel I was, like Clo- you know, Clover- I'm here. Clo- Cloverfield was scary to me. Some yeah. parts of it, and and that's what I'm hoping this Godzilla is. I was I was I was scared of it. Um, Pacific Rim was fun. Yeah, I mean Pacific Rim's not. It was, was a totally different scared. vibe. To- totally different too. vibe. Totally different yeah. vibe. Fun, yeah. but it's still a you know a, a recent kaiju film. And um, but but monsters see. Even if you, Jeff, you said you're a fan of horror and you collect that too. I, I like that as well. My favorites are the ones that are subtle and terrifying and, and the nuances are not in your face mm-hmm. and they creep up on you. And I, I think that the paranormal activity movies are brilliant. Maybe, yeah. maybe not it all leaves, of them. It maybe, leaves a lot to your imagination. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. But I watched it and I was scared. To I to go upstairs for a, a, not not forever but for yeah, a time yeah. you still it's, can't go. It's, he hasn't I, been upstairs. I have been upstairs eight since. Years. Yeah, <laughs> but but, but no. And... When when a movie can scare me, yeah, yeah. and give that that and and I'm a you know a tough sell. Like honestly, how many Godzilla movies have scared you? Uh, zero, zero, yeah, zero. Um, not saying they're not fun. They're, I mean, the fifty four is a little actually. GMK had a few moments. Where I was a little bit scared hmm. um, when they're on the island, which I don't can't remember the name of the island, close to Odo Island. Uh-huh. What's the name of it? I was going to say Odo Island, but no, Odo Island was in the first one, but in GMK they were near it. Remember? 
where, where the students were playing yes. ping pong. I thought anyway, that was Odo Island. Was it? Oh, anyway. Okay. No, I'm, I, I don't know that for sure. Though. That was pretty scary. And the scene where the, the same girl was taken to the hospital. Yeah, and you in, see him coming. In Japan, in Tokyo. Yeah. And he is lumbering towards, and she's trapped, and she can't get away because she's in traction. And he walks around. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I think, I think everybody it? who's listened to okay. this podcast has seen it. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you actually feel for her. Yeah. And then you think everything is hunky dory. Yeah. And then you that breathe tail that comes sigh of relief. Boom. Yeah. You know that yeah. there's, there's a few moments where you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Not, not many fleeting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And you know, the 54 was, had some scary moments too. So like, I have a I have a theory about about this new film. Granted, we haven't seen it yet, but anything like Cloverfield that came about after nine eleven, right? In you know, I would say sure we've seen buildings get uh, de- uh, destroyed, demolished, and get you know detonated from within, and then they fall, which is always a thrill to see videos of that kind of stuff but 9-11 was this very visceral thing that happened to this country and like i don't want to say everybody because that wouldn't be true but everybody saw the footage of those towers coming down it brought a whole new realism into our minds of how that should look and i hear a lot of people talking about movies like man of steel and uh you know these movies with the tons of destruction and they say, oh, it's, you know, it's too reminiscent of, of 9-11. And I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I think that, makes, I think that makes it better for us to watch a movie like that where you can see these terrible things happening and it makes it more real. The filmmaker's not trying to be like, here comes a building coming down. Right, you right, know, right, like right, when Godzilla, right. I think, when Godzilla destroys a building in this movie... It's going to look very realistic, and it's yeah. going to be and very scary. It seems that way. Yeah, it seems that way. Because yeah. I think they're trying to make it horrifying. Unlike in Man of Steel, where it's just like, we're just going to destroy a bunch of stuff because it's going to look cool. That's what I think the like motivation Like the Transformers is. movies, where yeah. it's just gratuitous yeah. blowing up, right. and, and yeah. you can't tell what's going yeah. on. But I think the new Godzilla yeah. movie is, is going to be like that way, just like Cloverfield, and I think like the uh, War of the Worlds remake had a lot of that because i remember during that movie i was scared during the that yeah i forget about that movie that's i actually kind of enjoyed the world war of the world once i got past tom cruise being in it so yeah i I, I you know i have to look at it i i i I, if he wasn't in that movie he ruined it for me gotcha you're not a tom cruise fan i take it uh no no i'm not at all um yeah no and and it's it's a shame because it probably is a decent movie for other reasons, mm-hmm. but he just ruined it for me. But that's another story. But yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Jeff, about monsters being believing that that would happen. I think even from the trailer, we're going to believe that this is what happens in the Godzilla movie. Right. Right. We're yeah, going to believe it. Yeah. It looks like subtlety. It looks like it's not going to be in your face from the beginning. We're going to. They're going to. There's like, you know distrust with the government we don't know what's going on they're trying to cover it up they're trying to blame it on this and they're the ones that that you know have to blame for some on some level and this and that 
he's really good at that, obviously, from from Monsters, the whole yeah. mm-hmm. realism aspect. And I'm not worried about that. And I think the cast looks like it's shaping up to be a stellar cast. I agree with that statement um, for sure. I mean, it, they didn't just grab, like, Matthew Broderick didn't just get the script the day before. Yeah. You know, and plunder through it and Hank Azaria and just, 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 you know. That's a lot of fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fish. <laughs> and then they put Jean Reno in it. Yeah. Who is a great actor. It's like, it's like, why don't you put him in a Star Wars, like a, 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 a later Star Wars movie, too? It's like, you wasted. Yeah. Right. Wasted, yeah. completely wasted you know, in it. The thing I think you're going to see in this, which is, which is different from the other Godzilla films, is you will see the aftermath of the destruction. Right. No, I know. I mean, and you'll see probably the impact bodies, of it. which, you know, takes it to a whole new kind of somber level. And the relationships, which, I'm sure, I'm sure people's yeah. loved ones are going to be dying and this mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait. But what if you don't like the way Godzilla looks? Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm kind of withholding. Yeah. What if you don't like the way he looks? That's why I'm, I'm withholding. What the if you don't like judgment. the way he looks? I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to have for me, and I've said this to you and Jeff knows now, I'm not as enamored with the Godzilla suit or the design as I was when I went to the encounter. When I saw the Godzilla encounter, you just see his head. And when I saw the trailer they showed, you just see parts of the body. Right, right, right. And uh, with the exception of the foot that I was like, why does it look like a turtle foot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, with the exception of the foot, I was... I was on board. I was like, this is cool. And like, seriously, seeing Godzilla walk past the building where you just see his head. No, terrifying. I was sold. That's terrifying. I was sold and I was super happy about it. But when I finally saw the full licensed images of the toys, like from Nika, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made a decision that, I, what did I say earlier? I like this better. I like this Godzilla design better than the 1967 Son of Godzilla design. Wow. But I want to say that's about it. Wow. Yeah. It's like, there's this, the uh, uh, Jack-specific toy. Yeah. Two feet tall, three feet long. Me and Kyle were looking for it for a couple, we texted each other like, I'm at Toys R Us, do you see it? No, 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 no. A couple months ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, yeah. Yeah, I saw it last week. Okay, I went there and they had one. And I had it in my hands, and I'm like, and I kind of looked at it, and I put it back. I'm like, I'm not going to get it until I see the movie. Maybe the movie will change my mind. Well, maybe too. Then it's going to be like overpriced and jacked up. Maybe, but I'm but I'm just no. Like, but then it, later on, it'll be reduced price on the clearance. Or that, yeah, or yeah, that. yeah, yeah like, or that. When I saw the design. I'm looking at it. I'm just like, no, you don't like it because what? Because if I, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to wait. If I regret it later and pay a little bit more money for it, maybe. I'm, you know, I'll just tell myself because I didn't, I'm not convinced yet. Well, you, you know what it is too for me, and, and a lot of people totally disagree with me. I see nuances of Gino in it. I do. I can't help it. I see it. It's not yeah. that different. If I'm I was going to make a Godzilla, with you about would, that, but, wouldn't yeah. you want to make it completely a departure from anything to do with that failed design? Um, it doesn't, there's, there's a lot of similarities I see in it. And, um, you know, everybody's like, well, don't you want to see a, a new Godzilla? I'm like, I would love to see a new Godzilla, but I would love to see some characteristics and nuances that make it Godzilla to me. And, you know, 
I could, I could forgive almost anything on the suit, mm-hmm. but the head is wrong. The head's too small mm-hmm. and the mouth doesn't open wide enough. And Something's it looks wrong with, it looks like the head is too flat. It looks too flat. It, and, and, it's like and then Frankenstein, I kind of get know, the impression. I, I got excited again when I saw the Empire cover mm-hmm. because it looks re- reptilian. And I think that's an, another big problem with me. It doesn't look reptilian. And, and then, you know, Gareth Edwards did an interview or an article, I can't remember which or both about his talking about his inspiration for designing this creature. And he said he used inspiration from a bear, a dog, and an eagle. Did you read the article though, or did I you didn't. just see that? that I saw. That I, well, people have told me that, yeah. and I, I can. I wouldn't have to read it. I can see it in there, yeah. and 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 then one of the pictures, he just looks like a shaved bear. <laughs> that bear from Prophecy, you know, yeah. the shaved bear, <laughs> the mutated with, with bear. like it doesn't look like reptilian skin. It looks like el- like like rhino skin or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I know these are all little nitpicky things, but I'm a I'm a fan, man. You heard me, 1971. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah. Fifth grade. No, dude, kind of I, I know you're a fan. And, you know? uh, and I, I don't think you have to I don't think you have to love the new Godzilla design in order to prove you're a fan. Yeah, I no, think it's I completely acceptable for you to, it's a, it's acceptable for me to say this is not true, but it's acceptable <laughs> for me to say I hate the burning Godzilla design. You know, it's it's acceptable. You know, it's an opinion. It's totally okay for you to not like a design. It's totally okay for me to not like a design. We don't have to like we said before, we can agree to disagree. We can. You know, it's not, of us, not a big deal. Some people get offended when I say that, as as if they designed the Godzilla themselves. I, I don't get that, and either. I don't get that either. And yeah. um, you know, or, or 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 if they're dating Gareth Edwards or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I, other, other than that, you know, they they take offense to it, and and I'm not a true fan or a hater, and it, it just bugs me. So uh, we have blown past an hour here. So I I think what we need to do is is rein it back in for a a quick quick follow-up uh and we can bring in this whole 2014 talk uh a little bit here so let's say that someone goes to see a new fan a a kid goes to see this movie and loves it okay loves the godzilla goes and buys the silly little bandai toys and uh and then decides you know i want to get past this and i want to get into the new the older movies and they find a love for the older films that they had never seen before. And then they get into collecting. Okay. See, this is what I, I hope happens. Like we get newer fans who watch the new stuff and then they incrementally start watching the older stuff and they start to see, Oh wow. This Mothra versus Godzilla film was really fantastic. Or man, I really like Godzilla versus Gigan. And even, you know, even with its different tone and different, uh, special effects work, it's still, you know, one of my favorite films in the entire franchise. But I want other people, new fans, to come and like understand and figure out like why we love those things. And then I want them to want to start collecting stuff. So my uh my final question for you, Mr. Dopko, would be what would be your advice to someone coming into the Godzilla market right now that's done with the toys being released on the shelf and they want to start finding some of the old vintage stuff or just getting stuff from Japan. Hmm. Well, first of all, let me just comment quickly on on your comment. I totally agree and I hope that's true with what you said about, oh, about new the new blood. fans. Yeah, yeah. But I fear, I fear that, that that is not going to happen because the audiences of today, now I sound like an old man again, their attention span isn't what ours was. Their suspension of disbelief isn't what ours was, is. 
And I think they're going to look at these old movies and really not latch onto them and, 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 and love them as we do. I think you'll have a few people. I think you'll have a lot of people like, well, let's go see what the old Godzilla movies are like. And you might have a, a large mm. amount that go like, well, that's not my thing, but you might have a few. I hope, I hope you're right. And that, and that cling on, maybe and, one. Anything that boosts. <laughs> what about Klingons? <laughs> We're not talking about Star Trek now. Oh, okay. But, and, but and when you go to G Fest this yes, year, yes. you're going to see young kids. Yes. And you're going to see young kids. And I'm not talking, uh, I'm not talking about 20 year olds. Like I'm talking about like seven or eight teenagers, years old. Yeah. Seven or eight yeah. year olds that are going to find the older films and you're going to see their love for the older films, even though. I hope so. They're That's so awesome. young. That is, uh, that would be like a dream come true because that way, you know, a whole new life is, is, it has been br- breathed into. That wasn't right. Breathed into. Um, it, it, <laughs> it's given new life. It's given new life. Thank you very much. It's alive. It's, alive. Yeah. it's given new life to, to a hobby that sort of has its, its, you know, ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot depends on, on the newer fans too, whether we as old time collectors get to see new releases of older stuff. Right. If that right. makes any sense. Yeah. yeah like yeah. we might all of a sudden, if there's this huge interest peaked from this new film, we may get our missing components. We may get our Gabras and our, our Titanosauruses right. and our, you know, whatever we're missing, you know, Mandas and this and that. But, um, I am a little bit skeptical that it's going to be at that level. That people are going to really dig it. I, I I hope it's not something that's just going to be, uh, like you said before, on the discount shelf. You know, in a couple of months after the film's released, mm-hmm. I, I I hope that that what you're saying is true. And and any advice I would give them, I would advice to new collectors. I, that's a tough new collectors who already love the stuff. Yeah, people who have maybe found the older movies and they're like in. <sighs> They're like, I want to hmm. have a Mothra figure on my show. Hmm. Well, I think the first thing to do is probably start off with the Bandai's like we all did. They're still, you know, not as readily available, but you can, if you search, you can find the Bandai's. They're realistic. They're, you know, reasonably priced and they're, and they're small scale. You can fit them in, you know, a lot of spaces. And then if you like the realistic items and you can't afford the X plus, um, some of the older garage kits, some of the Kyoto kits are really great. Some of the Marmot kits are really good. Now you can still get get those uh, Marmot kits and the Kyoto yeah. kits for like a sixty reasonable bucks. Price. Yeah, yeah. 60, I mean, they're almost 80, what yeah. we paid for them back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I think I used to pay about fifty bucks for them, and they're like sixty now. So they're they're. But you you need to have you know some skills to 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 build those. I mean, not mad right, skills, right, but right. some skills. Um. I just, I just say, you know, keep your eyes peeled and, and actually some of the Gashapon candy toys, like you recommended, the Yuji Sakai, um, complete collection ones. That's, that's a way to get every Godzilla. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. you know, three inch scale with the scene right out of the movie. That's a really great way to start. And boy, did I wish they had those when I was little. You know, that I mean, can you imagine? Amazing. Yeah. I would have lost every piece at the beach because I used to bring my toys <laughs> to the beach. Yeah. yeah. And lose the pieces. But I, I think the advice would be just, you know, just start what you can afford and then, and then go from there. Um, and, uh, and I really, I really hope that you're right and that the younger fans and the newer fans really go back and watch these for what they are and when they were made. And, you know, the cultural differences, you know, the Japanese, you know, definitely 
saw them as fun family entertainment. And that's what I saw them as when I was little. And I, I hope that, you know, young kids liked them too. Actually, one of our friends, Cody Roberts on the X Plus page and some of the other groups, his son, I think, is five or six and he loves the old Godzilla movies. Yeah, see? And it's not it, out of the realm of no, possibility. No, no, it's not out of the realm. Because, well, that's because his dad is, you know. Well, I'm just saying, it's not out of the, you know, it's no, not no, impossible. No, no, it's not yeah. out, but, but then there's some who, I, I've met other kids who, if it's not blowing up and, you know, going 100 miles an hour in front of your eyes, you're, they're not going to have the attention span to sit through a Godzilla movie. But let, let me just say this about those kind of people. Not, too. that sounds terrible. Let me just say <laughs> this about fans who feel like they need to have the MTV style of of movie. Giza the Three-Headed Monster, Destroy All Monsters, Godzilla vs. Hedra, then those movies aren't for them, and that's okay. They're not for them, you know, right. That's, they, that's true. They don't, need, they don't need to love those movies, and I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody from becoming a Godzilla fan, because my Godzilla tastes uh, were in 2014 are very different from my Godzilla tastes in 1996. You know, I definitely have found appreciation for different things, and as I've become an older fan, I've reached back even further. And now, of course, now I'm at the point where I I really appreciate the Showa stuff, where I may not have appreciated it initially. Well, I think I, I think the glasses. I'm going to look at it as half full. I think there'll be collectors for Godzilla toys and merchandise in the future. Because look at the Universal Monster stuff, which is 70, 80 years old. You still have people clamoring for that stuff. That's true. And they're making new stuff to this day. That's true. And, and all selling. the original fans of that stuff have you know, long passed, passed yeah. on. So I think Godzilla... What are you trying to I say, think, Jeff? I'm just saying... Our We're not time, long for this, for <laughs> well, this world? Trying, our collections have to go someplace. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully there's got to be new fans to... Take it you got to add that to the will. We all can't be Mental buried. note, we all add the collection to the will. And that's, well, not, you know, that's, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's right. It's all coming with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it all with me, but I'm getting cremated, so my entire collection is just going to melt <laughs> yes, to my body. A big vinyl... <laughs> a vinyl pyro, casket. Yeah. Vinyl, vinyl casket <laughs> that would just be great. goes up, and, <laughs> and we can cause pollution and, and be bring like the, the Hedra the figures. Are back, can, and yeah. you are one with your collection, finally. Yeah, I mean, finally. It's about time. No, no, I, I really, I really hope that that you know people do stop and look at them and and check out the old movies and and understand the reasons why we like them, and we're not just you know crazy people who like you know like crazy these, old man on the front porch who talks about Godzilla right, movies. Crazy yeah. old man on the front porch talking about Godzilla. <laughs> we're gonna have plenty of time. <laughs> he's to not be talking that tomorrow. to anybody, but he's just talking. I'm to just somebody. talking about Godzilla. <laughs> Yep, yep. Well, David, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, it was my pleasure and and um as as you know, this interview has proven I can go on and on and on and uh I would love to be invited back again after this movie is released and uh and have another discussion. I might have a completely different tune. Or it could be the I told you so episode. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? No, 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 no. I want it to succeed. I want to love it. I want it to succeed. And that's, that's the bottom line. I, I want it to be a, an awesome reboot of the, the, the monster that we all love and brought us all together. So very cool. All right. Well, we will see you guys on the Thank next you. episode. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. Thank you guys. And as we close out every show, Jamata. Thank you.